You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we made it. We're back from the break. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. And you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. And you know what, folks? If you did not leave a five-star review at Apple Podcasts along with a comment, shame on you, ladies and gentlemen. You made it this far into the podcast. Come on. Just throw us a five-star review. If you can't chip in a few dollars over at donorbox.org slash Show or join pain.tv slash gold, folks. You can join either the basic or the hot wire, believe it or not. Like 50% of the folks that signed up for that service to get access to the ad-free video version of this podcast and the Thomas Payne podcast signed up for the hot wire. And I want to thank you all very, very much. I know people enjoy it. Mike puts out a hot wire, I think, once a week. It's his highest level of intelligence. A lot of folks use that for investment opportunities and such. And it's stuff that he just can't play on the public side because some of it is uh, insider knowledge he has from his years working. Uh, both inside and outside of the governmental system, folks. Mike was an insider for a while, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, What I decided we're going to do over the break, because I I just finished up reading this article. I'm going to finish it. It's invaluable, and I think you need to know this. And then tomorrow we're going to finalize this uh, research. We're going to book everything with the company consensus. I'm going to stop researching central bank digital currency so I don't come back tomorrow with seven more things to show you. I need to get through consensus and show you the white paper that they submitted to the World Economic Forum uh, a couple of months before COVID land kicked off. I think that's going to be very telling, ladies and gentlemen, and it's a good way to bookend this little series. All right, it says a digital dollar featured in three draft proposals last week. Leaked early drafts uh, showed at the end of last week that the United States Democratic Party was working on two draft stimulus bills that included plans for a digital greenback to help dispense emergency payments to United States citizens. Both last week's Democrat Party initiated draft bills, the 1,400-page Take Responsibility for Workers and Families Act. Uh, I don't need you to take responsibility for me, but thank you. And the, quote, Financial Protections and Assistance for Americans, Consumers, States, Businesses, and Vulnerable Populations Act, end quote, spearheaded by Congresswoman Maxine Waters, an affirmant Libra opposer. Initially made mention of a possible digital dollar and digital dollar wallet to be issued by the United States Federal Reserve. Ultimately, any mention of a digital dollar didn't feature in the presented former and is expected to be removed by the latter. Still, a third pro-digital dollar draft proposal was issued on March 24th by Senator Gerard Brown, indicating that the discussions around a central bank-issued digital U.S. dollar are far from over. Did you know all this was going on back then? I was just hiding under my bed, afraid of a virus. It goes on to say, how did Congress's draft bills define a digital dollar and wallet? So we're looking here. 
This is Title I. They actually have a screen capture of this. Title I, protecting consumers, renters, homeowners, and people experiencing homelessness. Uh, they Consumers, renters, homeowners, and people experiencing homelessness. Why doesn't it say protecting uh, people who consume, people who rent, people who own homes, and people who experience homelessness? Shouldn't it be uh, like that? They can't say, and homeless people? All right. Section 101, direct stimulus payments for families. And this is definitions in this section. Digital dollar, the term, quote, digital dollar, end quote, shall mean A, a balance expressed as a dollar value consisting of digital ledger entries that are recorded as liabilities in the accounts of any Federal Reserve Bank, or B, an electronic unit of value redeemable by an eligible financial institution as determined by the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System. And two, digital dollar wallet, the term, quote, digital dollar wallet, end quote, shall mean a digital wallet or account maintained by a Federal Reserve Bank on behalf of any person that represents holdings in a, and that's the end, uh, that's where it gets cut off. It says the plans made provision for the U.S. Central Bank, the Federal Reserve, to issue digital bank accounts called Fed accounts to all United States citizens, which would be used to dispense cash directly to Americans, which could also be used to send and receive cash. The only requirement to qualify for a Fed account, a social security number. And you've heard me say this time and time again on this show, folks. The Technocracy Incorporated folks, going back to the 1920s and 30s, advocated for sticking a Dewey Decimal System-like number on every man, woman, and child here in the United States. And then a few years later, we rolled out FDR's New Deal with the Social Security number and the social security administration and system so they tagged everyone with that number now little willie g folks he does not have one my great-grandfather william corolla uh i called him the last free man on earth he lived through the great depression he ran a speakeasy let the government go back and try to arrest him in his grave he ran a speakeasy well He never trusted the banks, folks. He didn't have a bank account by the time he died. I think I was 10, so it would be 91. Never had a Social Security number and did not pay taxes. Ah, Last free man on earth. Now, little Willie G currently does not have a Social Security number. We got around that system. Goes on to say this direct intervention would eliminate the need to involve banks and the bureaucratic red tape and middleman fees that come with transacting through bank accounts and transform, quote, retail banking into a public service, end quote. This would certainly be music to the ears of Bitcoin creator Satoshi Nakamoto, who published his white paper on a P2P electronic cash system in response to the dismal failure and eventual government bailout of banks in 2008. Now, you know me, folks. I just don't buy that story. I'm not going to harp on it right now. But it goes on to say the proposals 
defined a possible digital dollar as, and then we just read that. So I'm not going to read that to you, but here's where the digital wallet got cut off. It says, quote, maintained by a Federal uh, Reserve Bank on behalf of any person that represents holdings in an electronic device or service that is used to store digital dollars that may be tied to a digital or physical identity, end quote. All right, it says, what is Hyperledger's e-failure? The draft proposals brought renewed attention to a possible U.S. central bank digital currency solution being developed by the Hyperledger Project, an open source collaboration fronted by Linux that helps develop permission blockchain solutions for businesses. The Hyperledger, a consortium, has recently ramped up its plans to develop its e-failure, that's E-T-H. A-L-E-R project, a CBDC-focused project on which various leading financial consultants have been working on since 2019 with the eThaler Labs team. The word Thaler refers to a European coin used from the 16th to 19th centuries and provided the uh, etymological origins to the word dollar. And so they've got a picture of this here. It looks like uh, Gandalf. The wizard guy, Gandalf the Grey. Gandalf the Gay, as some people would call him. Gandalf the Grey on this coin. It says, Ethaler builds on an Ethereum for Enterprises version called Hyperledger BSU, which companies with token taxonomy framework, a standards protocol being developed by the likes of Consensus, JP Morgan, and the Ethereum Alliance, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you, and I've been trying to tell Wide Awake Jim, that uh, Ethereum is going to play a key role in this CBDC system, CBDC system. And Consensus, who purchased Quorum, the software off of J.P. Morgan, is involved here with J.P. Morgan. And that's why I've been leaving consensus to the end of this, because they play an instrumental role. As we saw with the Bank for International Settlements, um, what was it, the Innovation Hub white paper, consensus was involved with that project building on top of Ethereum. So there you have it, this Ethereum for Enterprises. You have consensus involved and uh, Ethereum Alliance. It says the Congress's stimula- uh, stimulus package and seeming interest in creating a central bank digital currency has now provided further impetus to the project. Now, why is that so important to me here at the Dustin Gold Standard, folks? Because, and I'll say it again, I'm a broken record over here. I'm Sean Hannity of the technocracy, of the anti-technocracy. Ethereum started in 2013 by Vitalik Buterin. Peter Thiel, transhumanist technocrat, pays Buterin to drop out of college in 2014 and has him work on Ethereum. 2015, Buterin launches Ethereum and his partner, Joseph Lubin, spins off and forms Consensus, which is this leading software company building blockchain technologies on top of Ethereum. And you're going to see when I show you uh, all of these consensus documents and papers that I have that they are helping China, a bunch of other world governments build blockchain technologies, digital IDs, and uh, CBDC, as well as universal basic income. They're working on all of it, folks. And yes, you can say that Peter Thiel helped kickstart that 
project. He funded this launch of Ethereum. Uh, This goes on to say, why did Congress consider a stimulus digital dollar? The coronavirus outbreak has flattened the United States both economically and politically, forcing almost all but essential service providing businesses to shutter up and send their employees home for the foreseeable future. A digital dollar would have helped the Fed distribute emergency funding to individuals and businesses who needed it while the coronavirus pandemic continues to shut down most of the United States economy. Also, it would have allowed the United States to keep up with other countries. It's no secret that several countries and regions like the European Union and especially Asian central banks are either considering launching or are already working on a central bank digital currency. Most worryingly for the United States, the People's Republic of China has been working on a digital yen for months now and should release it in 2020 to use both domestically and as part of their Belt and Road Initiative. Still, these developments are remarkable, and the discussions around it showed a dramatic U-turn from the United States Congress in how they perceive digital currencies, considering their collective outrage to Facebook's Libra stablecoin project when it was announced only nine months ago in June 2019. Okay, so this article really was written. We're trying to figure this out because there was no date on it, but it's written about April or May of 2020, right at the beginning of COVID land, the high school theater production. So what we're seeing here, ladies and gentlemen, is that this project uh, for a central bank digital currency built on top of Ethereum in partnership with Consensus, all backed by Peter Thiel, almost launched almost launched under the first stimulus bill. Meanwhile, at the same time, at the same time this was going on, Jared Kushner, Donald Trump's son-in-law and top advisor, and then later uh, admitted to transhumanist, was emailing Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin about Sam Altman of Y Combinator, Okay, tied to NQTEL, which is the CIA's venture firm, about implementing central bank digital currency and utilizing it to pay out entitlements, which would be social security, disability, even stimulus checks, welfare, EBT, food stamps, all that stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have it here inside of the government. This stuff was going on back under the Trump administration. Okay, way before what we've seen now with the Biden administration. But as I've told you, all hands are on deck from the technocrats to the transhumanists, to the bankers, to the bureaucrats, to the labor union bosses, to the puppets in Congress, all of them on board from Republican to Democrat, libertarian and everything in between when i get back let's finish up this article and get us ready to take you down the road of consensus tomorrow in episode 105 ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here with the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv slash gold. Oh yeah, folks, we are unwinding the web. The web. And I, I don't want to turn the Dustin Gold Standard into a whole show all around CBDC and universal basic income. But you know here, we're always trying to untangle the web that is technocracy that's really the system we're living in and we need to really understand it where they're at with it where it's going in the future and so this is all very important at least from my perspective i find it to be important if i was a consumer of news and i really wanted to understand what the hell was going on in this new normal that we're living in i would probably listen uh to my show Obviously, you are. So I thank you all very much. All right, let's continue here. It says, why did the United States need to issue a $2 trillion stimulus package plan? It says there are currently an estimated, excuse me, 157 million workers in the states, of which 60 million are gig economy workers. This is back in 2020. Independent workers or freelancers who often work part-time or flexible hours and don't enjoy the work benefits that full-time employees have. Now, I have talked about gig work extensively on this show. So you can go back through many, many episodes. Everything is pretty much evergreen here. So you can listen to these shows anytime you want, folks. And I recommend you do. I really do. I recommend you go back and you listen to these uh, on your own time when you have time. I stand by my work product, and I believe that you are going to learn more from the last 104 episodes about the world we really live in than probably anywhere else. I'm being serious about that. I'm not bragging. It's just because I put my heart and soul into this, and it just happens to be my skill set from when I was a little kid growing up with my father, who was a, a former cop and a private investigator, teaching me how to research and how to investigate. And back then, we would go down to the uh, old city hall buildings into the vault. And we'd look through documents. Now I can do that online. He showed me how to do that all the way through my skills as a designer and a web developer and a producer uh i think that i bring a lot to the table and so i hope you're learning a lot here i think the 104 episodes i put out here for free are frankly invaluable folks and so i know a lot about gig work too because i happen to be stuck working in that after covid land the high school theater production i met a lot of great people hard workers out there and so i also understand that the gig work economy did, did, did not just rise by accident it's not organic it is a model that klaus schwab talked about in his 2016 book the force industrial revolution and they call it the human cloud and many of these folks pushing for UBI have openly said that the gig worker economy is a perfect opportunity for them to offer UBI. And if you went out and talked, you could drive 10 minutes from here over to the Wegmans grocery store or over to the Costco, and you could meet six, seven, 10 uh, gig workers at each one working for Instacart, the gig company app. Some of them also work for DoorDash doing food delivery. Uh, some of them also work for Uber, driving people around or 
doing Uber Eats where they deliver food. And these are guys that were making three, $400 a day working from five in the morning until nine o'clock at night, like I did, just work their asses off. I mean, super committed people. You could never say they're lazy. And they uh, were making three, $400 up until about nine months ago. And now some of them, I, I just ran into a, a couple of them yesterday, and they told me they're out there hustling to make $100, $150 at the most now. So you offer them UBI, they are going to take it. It goes on to say, this means they cannot claim salary compensation, speaking of the gig workers, while the economy lockdown is in effect. Gig workers include Uber drivers, gardeners, factory and retail workers, creative freelancers, and more. With big corporations shying away from increasing their permanently employed workers' core uh, core in favor of outsourcing it to third parties, it is estimated that by 2027, the majority of U.S. workers will, in fact, be, quote, independent contractors, end quote. I mean, put that in your pipe and smoke it, folks. I'm serious. This is a big deal. I've talked about it here. It's not just the guy who delivers your pizza. It's not just the gal who brings your groceries. All right? It's not just the dude who picks you up in his car and drives you around town like a taxi driver. They have that industry, but when you think about everything else, think about people like me. I put out a podcast. We rely on revenue from one, the ads that play on the public side, two, subscriptions to the Thomas Paine podcast. That's our freest form of commerce there. Um, you have merchandise, which I have not gotten into. You have the ability to bring on sponsors, which I have not done yet, right? But our show is being disseminated through these technocrat-controlled companies like Spotify. You just have no other way to do it. You don't have a chance at reaching an audience and building a business if this is what you love doing, unless you run through those systems. And they can cut us off at any time. This is part of what Mike Moore's coming lawsuit with Spotify is about. They can cut you off at any time. If you know video podcasters on YouTube and other places, they get shut down. They can't make money because we're running through the technocrat system. So whether you're working for Instacart as a grocery delivery shopper uh, or you're podcasting or let's say you like to knit or you like to quilt and you sell your stuff on Etsy. Well, Etsy can cut you off. What if you own a second home or you bought one for the purpose of renting it out on Airbnb? They can cut you off. Uh, What about if you're a comedian, an entertainer, a musician, and you're booking yourself through Gig Salad? Uh, They can cut you off. Uh, What happens if you're a graphic designer or a logo designer or a video editor? Uh, There's plenty of sites out there like Fiverr.com. They can cut you off. And all of these are owned by the same usual suspects, the Silicon Valley fat cat technocrats. They control all this. So everyone is becoming an independent contractor, and that means you have to be a hustler. You are sitting there chasing down every dollar you can. So let's say, let's just say, for instance, and it's not true, but let's say, for instance, I was bringing in $5,000 a month in ad revenue on the public side of the podcast. And all of a sudden, Spotify, through their Spotify ad network, decides they're going to cut me off or they're going to throttle me. And all of a sudden, I get a check for 2000 this month. First off, I don't even know what, it, what it's going to be until it shows up. Let's say it's 2000 Where am I making up the extra 3000 I got to now hustle and go try to chase down a web design project. 
I mean, this is what's happening. And and you might be in a job and you think you're secure, but they have goals and their goals are to push everyone into the gig economy working underneath some sort of technical platform. Like instead of a lawyer hiring you on a salary as a paralegal, you might have to sell your services as a paralegal through a tech platform. I know people, and I actually almost did this. I was going to start a little business uh, doing closings, right? So you sign the closing papers uh, for mortgages. It was big when the uh, prices of property were up here. Um, so you, in the state of Maryland, you've got to get all these licenses. I started taking them, and very complicated. You can't figure out exactly which ones you need. you got to join classes and courses, everything else. By the time you're done, you're countless hours in and about four or $5,000 out of pocket. And then where are you getting your work? You get it through SnapDocs and some of these other companies that basically they send it out to you like a gig. So you got to wait for your phone to ding and say, oh, we got you a $250 closing so i'm like i'm not moving from instacart into another gig-based system so i didn't do that of course i ended up in a podcast which is essentially a gig-based type of system now we have a little more control when we can sell subscriptions to pain.tv slash gold but still the technocrats can take us down at any time they can cut off your ads they can shut your show down uh, everyone is being funneled into the technocracy through the so-called private sector all right, it goes on to say the average American has under $8,500 in available savings. And for the lower income demographic, they have almost no savings cushion. They rely on continuous payment to stay afloat. That's like living paycheck to paycheck. Without a direct cash injection, millions of Americans simply wouldn't be able to support themselves financially during this crisis. Now, all of that was orchestrated. All of that was orchestrated to drive us into a position where we're going to accept universal basic income. Goes on to say, would a digital dollar be good for crypto adoption? While most crypto evangelists might claim otherwise, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin are still not considered as mainstream financial tools due to their speculative and unregulated nature. As could be seen by the uptick in Bitcoin's value following June last year's announcement of the ambitious Libra project, almost any development that promises to bring mainstream attention to blockchain and cryptocurrency technology seems to validate the perception of cryptocurrencies as the future of finance and money, which makes them worth considering in terms of investing. Without a doubt, a United States government that embraces blockchain and virtual asset technology to offer the world's most widely accepted and respected fiat currency in a digital form would provide respectability to digital currencies than almost nothing else. At the very least, it will result in regulations and an inclusive legal framework that would herald an unfettered growth in the development of digital money. While this round of economic bailouts didn't take cryptocurrencies to the promised land of mass adoption, the conversation has officially started and hope springs eternal that further developments will see the introduction of a digital dollar in what is surely only a matter of time. Again, folks, written in about mid-2020, talking all about how digital dollars and digital wallets almost became law under the first stimulus package and as you can see here the crypto industry is totally on board with this folks and as i've said many times this is my opinion no one will ever be able to prove this that uh all of the rise of digital currency through uh the japanese wizard um 
who started Bitcoin, supposedly, I believe was all kicked off by the government and or governments, but by the state. Everything has been a test pilot. Everything has been beta testing. And we're seeing the rise of this coming now. But for those of you who did not know the rest of the story, yes, digital currency and uh, digital wallets almost became law. And at the same time, Jared Kushner was talking with Steve Mnuchin, the head of the Treasury, about Sam. Altman from Y Combinator connected to NQTEL, the CIA's venture firm, about launching a CBDC project for the purpose of disseminating entitlement. So ladies and gentlemen, it is coming at warp speed. We're dissecting it, analyzing it, showing you what has been going on. We know the origins come back from the 1920s and 30s of the Technocracy Incorporated Energy Certificates. So you know the history. You know what's happened in the last five, seven, five to seven years. That's the modern history. And then we're tracking what is going on presently today. And then we're going to be able to show you what is going to be rolled out over the next three to five years. And then we can start to make plans and come up with solutions to how to operate either within the system or halfway in the system or outside of the system so that we can still prosper so that we can hopefully still thrive and not just survive up until the point that these guys send us into the proverbial gas chamber. I don't know if they would use gas because that might emit too much carbon and it would pollute the planet. And that's a no-no under the climate scheme hustle. Ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us. Leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Consider making a donation over at donorbox.org slash Dustin Goldshow. I love you all very much. I really enjoy being here and sharing this information with you. I put my heart and soul into it for my son, for my wife, for my family and my friends, and also for all of you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow for episode 105. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world. Built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold.